Hey, Outcomes Rocket Nation, Saul Marquez here. I wanna talk to you about practicing virtually. Fullscript is a virtual dispensing platform that helps practitioners dispense professional grade supplements and improve patient adherence from anywhere. For example, when you write a prescription, it's sent directly to patients via text or email. And when they place an order, the supplements get shipped right to their door. It has the most comprehensive catalog of products and has adherence tools like refill reminders and auto reorder. It's loaded with features like EHR integrations, patient wellness content, evidence-based protocols, and adjustable profit margins. Best of all, it's free. So try Fullscript today. If you're considering adding supplements to your treatment plans, visit fullscript.com slash rocket for an extensive guide on supplements and drug nutrient depletion and interactions. Visit fullscript.com slash rocket. Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez is here, and today I have the privilege of hosting Tim Barry. He is the Director of Partnerships at Komodo Health, a leading healthcare technology company with offices in San Francisco and New York. Komodo Health tracks the unique patient journeys of over 320 million patients across the U.S. The company recently raised $50 million in Series C funding led by Anderson Horowitz. He focuses on the strategic partnerships across the healthcare ecosystem, including life science companies, payers, providers, and companies which support them. He has spent the majority of his career focused on growth strategy, and prior to Komodo, he was a leading corporate development at a healthcare company at San Francisco. Prior to that, spent several years with global growth equity firm headquartered in Shanghai, and uh, his experience is international, even some time with Bain & Company, where he spent two years supporting Fortune 100 clients with growth strategy, pricing, and new market entry. Uh, he's, a, he's a Midwesterner and definitely excited to showcase what he's doing at Komodo and, and what the company Komodo is doing to help offer value to the healthcare ecosystem. So such a privilege to, to have you here on the podcast, Tim. Thanks for joining. Saul, it's a pleasure. Uh, really great to be here today. Yes, sir. Hey, so so the work you do is is awesome, and Komodo certainly a unique value proposition from a data perspective and structuring data to to do relevant things, offer insights. Before we dive into the the amazing work being done at the company, I want to take a minute to just hone in on you and what inspires your work in healthcare. Yeah. So my background in healthcare, uh, both of my parents worked in healthcare. My uncle was a doctor. Both of my aunts were nurses. So, you know, from a young age, I was really inspired. Uh, it was always a field that I was drawn to. Uh, my original goal was to become a doctor, but ended up going into biomedical, biomedical engineering in school, you know, did a number of startup opportunities while I was in college, uh, and was just really inspired by all of the innovation that I saw at university. And then as I went into my career and started doing consulting, different types of investing work, I just realized you, know, you can have a huge outsized impact in the healthcare space. And you know, there's a lot of brilliant people and companies that are you know, thinking of ways to bring, whether it's data, uh, new treatments, new therapies, to have a really positive impact. So you know, it's always a space I've been drawn to. And I, I think I landed in a spot that's really a good fit for you know, my interests, my skill set here at Komodo doing partnerships. Yeah, that's pretty neat. And, you know, your your diverse experience really does lend well for a partnerships role. 
having that industry-wide view certainly is is important. You know, we we tend to silo ourselves in, in as providers or or life sciences companies, but you've had that that ability to kind of see across the the multiple aisles. So I think that's it's great that you you're doing what you're doing now with them. What what would you say it, you know, as far as Komodo Health goes, you know, what what is it that you guys are doing in adding value to the healthcare ecosystem? Yeah, absolutely. So Komodo is a very unique company. Uh, and, and when I first learned about the company, I was so impressed by what they've managed to build. And really the way to think about it is Komodo has what we call the healthcare map. And you alluded to it earlier, but essentially we've managed to stitch together and reconstruct and on a de-identified basis, the patient journeys of 320 million patients across the U.S. healthcare system which it's actually a pretty staggering number and it's the vast majority of the U.S. insured population. And, you know, there's a number of different technology partners that we've worked with to make this possible. And we, you know, we work with a number of different, we, we call them data principles, but you can think of companies such as large payers, revenue cycle management companies. We have these different data partnerships in place where essentially we're ingesting um, what we call encounters data, which is basically any time a patient touches the healthcare system, so you can think of a visit, whether it's to an ER or to an inpatient setting or to an outpatient setting, or they get a new prescription filled. We are reconstructing these patient journeys for 320 million patients. And then we are building software products on top of these, you know, the structured data to serve insights and basically to power our partners to improve the work or the value that they're bringing to the market. So really the way to think about Komodo is we're a healthcare technology and data company with the most sophisticated and structured data set in the market. And we work with a number of partners, as you mentioned, across the ecosystem. So whether it's in the life sciences space or payers, providers, you know, value-based care companies, you name it, we serve them insights based off of the data asset that we build. Well, you know, it, it's, it's super important to have the data and, and have it properly structured to make sense of it. That, that's, that's, a, that's where a lot, of, uh, a lot of companies and businesses fail. Is, is structuring the data because it's all there and it's there in bits and pieces. So you guys are able to actually put it all together, de-identify it and build a solution with software for the companies that you work with. Correct. What's, you know, you, you hit it on the head. I think structuring the data and making it as easily accessible and actionable for our partners, that's been a major focus for Komodo. And if you look at our team right now, we raised the Series C in the fall. And we're, thank you very much. Yeah, uh, it, it was super awesome. exciting, you know, testament to the growth that we've had. A major focus for our company. If you look at our headcount, we're around about 250 total employees. Mm-hmm. A good chunk of those, and I sit in San Francisco, a good chunk of that office are data architects and data engineers. And their sole focus is to really look at, for all the different data feeds and data principles that we work with, how can we ingest that data? How can we structure it? And how can we map it to a common schema to make it as easily accessible as possible. So really, it's, it's a major focus for our team. And I think it's something that's a, a unique value out of Komodo. One of the things that you mentioned that is you know, really critical that I'd like to stress, we have a partnership with a third-party company that employs a tokenization software. And what's unique is we were one of the first companies to partner with them. And essentially how it works, it's actually somewhat similar to Bitcoin or cryptography, but it, mm. it takes any identifiable information it runs it through a one-way conversion process where it turns it into a 44-character encrypted hash. So hypothetically, let's say my name showed up on a healthcare claim. Timothy Berry would have my age, gender, date of birth. 
it would convert that into a consistent 44 character hash that no matter where I was seeing care or no matter who my insurance company was, let's say I had Aetna one year and the following year I switched over to United, it would still be able to track all of my utilization, but in a HIPAA compliant, de-identified manner. So what we've really done is we've taken all of these different data sources, we've tokenized them, and then our data architecture and data uh, engineering teams, they've mapped it to this common schema. So really where we are today, now we have you know, five plus years of utilization and encounters history for all of these patients in a certified de-identified schema, which makes it much easier to then build models and build software on top of that data. You know, just that's super cool, first of all. And and I, I'm, I'm curious, that, so do you, do you actually, not that it matters, but just more out of curiosity, blockchain to do that? Does a tokenization process use blockchain? So it's, it's similar. It's, Basically, it is a software package. It's actually a very lightweight Java software package. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's a company out of San Francisco that employs this software. Uh, so it's, it's similar underlying technology. Yeah. Um, it's not on a ledger, uh, but okay. really what it is, it's converting. Uh, it, it's basically a one-way conversion process that you can't then re-identify. Um, but it right. enables you to, what's really powerful about it, and you know, a lot of the value that we add, is you can now link up data assets in a HIPAA compliant, de-identified way across so many disparate sources, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, you think about, you can get data from payers and you know, claims data from a number of different sources. But what's really powerful, you can use that same tokenization technology on other types of data. So think lab data, genomics data, clinical or EHR data. Uh, so using the same patient token, you can really start to build out these you know, super comprehensive linked data assets, whether it's for you know, a very bespoke use case or for macro trends. It's really enabled a, a whole slew of you know, new types of analyses uh, and new types of workflows for our partners, which has been really exciting. That is exciting. No, thanks for, for sharing that. More of a curiosity thing for, for, than anything else. So, so talk to us a little bit about... Uh, what you guys are doing specifically, right? It, how are you guys adding value? And maybe talk, maybe in, in within the context of what's happening with COVID, you know, today on the minds of a lot of healthcare providers and and really public leaders, reemergence preparedness has been uh, a, a key key you know area of focus. Tell us maybe how you guys are offering assistance there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you hit it on the head right now. It's you know, obviously unprecedented times. And at Komodo, it's been you know, top of mind for every single one of us at the company. Um, how can we use the data we have and our solutions to really, you know, have a positive impact? And, you know, a couple areas we've been focusing. One, we've actually, in the last couple of months, we've become you know, very focused on understanding changes in telehealth utilization. And within our data, because we're seeing all of these uh, you know, patient-level encounters uh, and we can very accurately code them and understand sites of care, we're able to track you know, the different spikes in utilization across the entire U.S. for, for telehealth services. And you know, as you might expect, in the last two months, there's been a significant spike. Uh, but we can really drill into which specific physicians or NPIs are seeing the biggest increase, where are they located, what different types of insurance, you know, we're getting to the point now where we'll have enough longitudinal data we can start to track, uh, you know, impact and cost and outcomes. So that's one area where we're focusing, you know, as we think about the new normal with COVID, telehealth will become increasingly important. And, you know, our company, we're starting to put out white papers and blogs on how you can track telehealth utilization, the impact that will have for primary care, 
So that's, you know, that's something that we're very much focused on. And as you think about reemergence, you know, a major trend that we're seeing is patients have been very hesitant to go into a hospital or a primary care clinic in person. So utilization has been incredibly low at many, many facilities around the country. So how can we give people confidence or, you know, have targeted messaging around, you know, the advent of telehealth, the availability, you know, different employer groups that might be offering this as a benefit to their employees. So these are all the types of things that, you know, we're starting to think through and, you know, partner with you know, our, our existing partners or potentially new partners uh, on bringing some of that to market. So that's one. On COVID specifically, actually, an opportunity that I, I've been fairly focused on. I mentioned this earlier, but a lot of our data is, we call it encounters data, but you can think of, you know, anytime a patient goes to a clinic or a doctor's office and gets a prescription filled. Sure. Using the same token that I had mentioned, we now have the ability to pull in at the patient level, COVID lab and antibody test data. Hmm. So part of what we're starting to do is map all of the different patients that either have tested positive or may have, you know, you know had an antibody test. And you can link that to their utilization history or, you know, their history of medication or, you know, any other either demographic or clinical history information. And what you can start to build out over time is a very comprehensive view of where are the pockets of COVID patients? Where are the really high risk populations? Are there any specific treatment protocols which seem to be more effective? You know, are there any high risk areas where maybe we want to put some protocols in place to limit re-exposure or we want to engage physicians in a particular community because, you know, we're seeing just, you know, a higher number of positive antibody tests or tests. Uh, so these are all the things, you know, we're at the very early stages of figuring out how to bring in, you know, the lab testing data that's now becoming more widely available. How can we tokenize that and link that to our data? And what are the signals that matter? But we think it's something that will increasingly become very valuable and, you know, impactful as we start to track, you know, the disease burden of COVID-19 around the U.S. and all of the different contextual elements that we can derive from the data that, that we've, you know, built up over time. Yeah, and it's, then, it's insightful. Oh, yeah. Please go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's it's I was, all I was saying, Tim, is that it, you know the the information that you could pull from this encounter data is insightful and it's pretty timely too. I mean, you, like how how relevant by by time is it? Like you know, is it is it current? Yeah, uh, that's, that's a fantastic question, and I, I would say we we see anywhere from fifteen to twenty million new encounters daily. So we do have some feeds which are essentially real time. Um, I would say the vast majority of our data will see any type of encounter within a month. So it's real time to about a month lag. Uh, And that's why, you know, especially today, June 1st, it will take a little bit of time to understand, you know, the full impact of different treatments or different drugs on any patient, let's say, that started a new protocol for COVID in April, right? It will just take time for us, if we were to go down that route, to have a, you know, a longitudinal historical view. But yeah, it's, it's something that you know, we, we want to continue to monitor, and it's, it's going to be something that we're talking about with all of our partners uh, going forward. Fascinating. Very cool. And Very then cool. Uh, w- one other thing I'll mention that you know, I think is top of mind for a lot of people right now, you know, including myself, it's just you know, between COVID and, you know, some of the unrest in the U.S., it's been a really stressful time. And a number of the partners that I've been talking to have been very focused on mental health. Um, yeah. Whether it's, you know, companies that are supporting um, 
the employees and offering novel benefits uh, or treatment to mental health consultations or understanding mental health utilization. That's an area of focus that, you know, it's, this is just as much a mental health crisis as a pandemic across the U.S., right? I think, you know, so many people are, are dealing with so many stressors and so much anxiety. And what we're really looking to do is to find ways to support companies that are either bringing novel solutions or novel ways of identifying patients or, you know, covered employees that might be struggling. And what can we do to better identify them and support these companies, whether they're offering some type of novel treatment or proving the value of that treatment. So that, that's an area of focus going forward uh, that I think will be super relevant for us as well when we, when we think about the context of COVID and the current environment. Some great examples, Tim. Thank you so much for those. And, and, and so as you reflect on your time there and you know, some, of the, some of the successes and also some of the setbacks, what would you say one of those key setbacks has been and what you and the company have learned from it? Coming back to COVID, I think, you know, coming into this year, uh, a big focus for me personally was going to be focusing on supporting CROs and companies in the clinical trial and clinical research space. And, you know, just a massive shift to the industry. Um, you know, I, I alluded to it earlier, but, you know, utilization at hospitals, academic medical centers and clinics has been you know, significantly down. Uh, as patients don't want to go in person to receive care. And then if you think about it from a clinical research perspective, it makes it very, very difficult to recruit patients for clinical trials and clinical research. Uh, so, you know, really a lot of that work has been put on hold uh, for the last several months. And as a company and personally, I, I had to reevaluate, you know, part of my partnership strategy and my focus and, you know, where are we going to spend our time and, you know, how can we support different companies across um, the healthcare ecosystem? So that was one where we thought it was going to be a major focus for us in 2020. Uh, we do see some trends that actually clinical research activity is starting to pick up. Uh, and I think, you know, come Q3, Q4 this year, um, we, we might see a rebound. But yeah, it's, you know, we, we've tried to be very flexible to try and react to, you know, what's happening in the market, what matters to our customers or to our partners. Uh, and really, how can we be nimble as a company to support uh, the amazing work that our partners are doing? So that, that's really our mindset at Komodo is we know we have a lot of data. We have a, a super smart team and we know there's a lot of value that we can add. So we've really tried to focus on where can we have the highest impact? Uh, how can we best support our partners, even if that means identifying different use cases or going down a different path than we originally anticipated? Yeah, I think that's that's great. Tim, and, you know, the examples you mentioned around, you know, what happens if COVID comes back, right? Being able to help people with mental health, telehealth, uh, re-engaging, preparing. Uh, so definitely a, a testament to, to the commitment you guys have to leveraging this data and insights to help healthcare providers and, and companies as a whole. What, what are you most excited about today? Yeah, I think uh, in my position doing partnerships, Part of what I love about it is I've been able to talk to so many different founders and companies and innovators in the healthcare space or, you know, smart entrepreneurs that want to help and they want to, you know, bring some of their expertise, whether it's in machine learning or database structuring to healthcare, whether it's for COVID or for mental health or some of these different issues I touched on. And I've been constantly so impressed by you know, the brilliance and the passion of some of the founders and the companies that I've spoken to, 
there are so many smart people that care deeply and are doing amazing work. And I just feel very humbled and happy that I've been in a position where I can even, you know, have some ability to support them or think through and ideate on, um, you know, some of these novel applications or novel digital therapeutics, novel treatment protocols that I, I think can be super impactful for so many people. So what I get really excited about is talking to people that are at the forefront that are really, you know, change makers, innovators, and finding ways to help them, right? That, that's mm -hmm. what I love most about a partnerships role. It's what can I do to make your life easier and, you know, help you bring positive change to the world. So when I think about my role, that's what really gets me excited. And that's what, uh, yeah, that's what's really been great so far. And that's great, Tim. And I mean, 320 million Americans. I mean, th this is just an insane amount of data. I, I mean, to, to be able to do that consistently and then offer insights and software built upon that to, to get insights. I mean, it's just a, a pretty amazing solution. So, you know, kudos to you and, and the Komodo health team for, for all that you're doing. What's the best way for, for people to learn more about what you guys do and, and how it could actually help them? Maybe even a demo. Like, is there, is there an opportunity for people to engage in that way? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Our website is KomodoHealth.com. And if anyone is interested or you know, curious to learn more, yeah, you can reach out to me directly. Uh, or you can find me on LinkedIn, Timothy Berry at Komodo Health. And then my email is Timothy.Berry at KomodoHealth.com. Uh, but yeah, I would be more than happy to engage or to walk through product demos. I, I think that's the most fun part of my job, you know, meeting really interesting and smart people uh, and talking through potential use cases and novel ways to partner. So I would be more than happy if any of your listeners would be interested in getting in touch. There, there you have it, folks. Tim is inviting you to chat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, indeed. And the I'll talk your ear off. I got a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, and the thing is, uh, you know, folks, you, you know, the, when you, you, there's one thing to hear about a technology and what it could do. It's another thing that actually see it. And, you know, I mean, I personally have not seen it, but, I, but I've gotten a, a pretty firm understanding of what they could do and how they do it. You know, before Tim and I jumped on the interview, we had a good amount of time to catch up and I asked a ton of questions. Take them up on it. You know, you never know when you're going to find the right thing for your business and especially these times. So take them up on that. So Tim, what, what are you reading lately and, and what would you recommend for us to, to, to read? Yeah. So uh, actually lately I've been trying to take my mind off of things. So I've been reading more fiction. Uh, kind of I don't blame escape. you. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the book that I'm reading right now, actually, my dad recommended it to me years ago and I've been putting uh -huh. it off, putting it off. Uh, and it's called A Gentleman in Moscow. Huh. And the, the very right. quick takeaway. Uh, so it's set in Russia around the time where the Bolsheviks overthrew the Tsar. And there was a count who was set to be executed, but essentially uh, he was able to negotiate his way into a life of quarantine in a hotel for perpetuity. And, you know, I, I'm still in the process of reading it, but the key takeaways are, you know, he's, he manages to find happiness and solace in, you know, the smallest moments. Uh, and it really brings out his humanity and, you know, interacting, whether it's with the hotel staff and the wait staff and just learning to be content with so much less than he's used to. And then he's a musician. He's sort of a Renaissance man, which I, I really like. Um, yeah. I love to play music. So I think a lot of his personality and character traits really resonated with me. 
Uh, and then in the current climate where, you know, many of us have been at home sheltering in place, uh, I, I, I found it very, very relevant to, you know, a lot of the same thought processes and struggles that I've been going through. So, uh, That's so cool. I'm only about a third of the way through, to be honest. So I can't give you a full recommendation yet, but it's been, uh, it's been a, a very nice escape the last couple of weeks reading around. Yeah, I started about a week ago. So it's been, Insightful. it's been great so far. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Well, I appreciate that, that recommendation, Tim. And sounds like uh, a great recommendation uh, from your dad and, and now from you to, to all of us listening. Uh, so folks, if you want to uh, get a link to that book, a link to Komodo Health, to Tim's uh, email address and LinkedIn, go to outcomesrocket.health and in the search bar, type in Komodo, K-O-M-O-D-O, and you'll find the show notes there, the full transcripts and all the associated links. Make sure you check that out. Tim, this has been awesome, man. I mean, I really have enjoyed connecting with you and learning about the the data as a differentiator that you guys do. Leave us with the closing thought and the best place for the listeners, I guess, could, could engage. You already provided that. So leave us with the closing thought. Yeah. Uh, first off, Saul, thank you so much. Uh, to echo what you just said, it's been really awesome to connect with you uh, both before and now during uh, the actual interview here. Uh, and I, I love what you guys are doing. Uh, the podcast is fantastic. So really appreciate the work you're doing and I uh, appreciate you having me on. You know, just a closing thought, kind of to, to iterate or reiterate what I had said earlier, uh, I've just been so impressed by you know, everyone that I've interacted with in the healthcare space, you know, coming together and thinking of really creative ways to have a positive impact, right? Whether it's COVID, mental health, uh, you know, many of the very pressing issues that we're facing. So if there's anything I can do to support you as you're thinking of ways, whether for your business or personally to, to have a positive impact, I'm always happy to talk. And, you know, even if there's no business potential, I, I just really enjoy meeting new people and ideating. And yeah, I, I would be happy to connect with any of you. So Saul, I, once again, I really appreciate the time and uh, stay safe and healthy. And uh, yeah, I wish you the best. Thank you, Tim. Same goes for you and, and listeners. Take Tim up on his invitation to connect. Uh, definitely a great, great gentleman and professional. Can't appreciate you enough, Tim, for, for jumping on with us. Thank you. You got it.